Macro Brown Show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Brown Show, brought to you by the Back Row Fantasy Network. It's your boy, Matty B. He's back on the ones and twos. You can follow me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Glad to be back as we are just a week of a week away from the NFL draft being in progress, something uh, we are all waiting for. Uh, unfortunately, the Browns picking higher than we were hoping they would this year, but we've still got a lot of intrigue in this team and a lot of things to be excited for. So for today's episode, we're going to run through one final mock draft, seven rounds. I'm about to fire up the draft network right now. We're going to do it live. Last time we had everything planned out. This time we're going to do it live, see what we, what I think the Browns are going to do. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on where I go with the draft and who I take. And we will react to the new Browns uniforms. Those got dropped earlier uh, this week, I specifically had some very uh, strong feelings on them, so I'm excited to get into that with you guys today. So let's talk about the new Browns uniforms we will see in the 2020 season and what we think the Browns will do in a new Browns mock draft. Snap is back. Ball is down. The kick is blocked. They got it. Denzel Ward blocked the field goal try. And that's the end of the first half. Can Denzel Ward do anything else? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 50, Nick Chubb! Hasta la vista, baby! Nick Chubb! So the Browns uniforms, guys, I'm going to be honest, I love them. I really do. I wasn't sure what to think. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff leading up to them, uh, and a lot of us kind of thought that they were going to go old school with the with the stuff that they put out ahead of time. And I'm going to be honest, I love them. I think they're amazing. I'm really digging the white ones and the all-brown ones, if I'm being honest right now. But I, I have to say probably the white ones are my favorite. The, the, I love the striping there on the top of the uniforms with the brown and the orange on the white uniforms. And they add in the white socks. I, I just love it. I think that is a very clean uniform. I love it. I do like the all brown one. I'm assuming that's probably going to be their color alert rush jersey. Uh, and, and then obviously the brown tops with the white and orange stripes on the shoulder pads is amazing. I'm definitely getting me one. Not sure who I'm going to get, though. So I got myself a Browns color rush jersey last year of my boy, the Warden, Denzel Ward. I don't think a lot of people have. His might be, uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you've seen that we're going to start going live with the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. And I've got my Browns flag up in the background. Might get that Ward jersey framed and hung up somewhere. Not sure. I just, I love Ward. Uh, I obviously hope that he continues to be a Brown for uh, a long into the futures. I think he is definitely one of our best players 
But I got to get some of these because these jerseys are just, I, I love them. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. I'll post up a, a poll after this episode and with the episode, or after the episode, I guess, since you can't post it with the episode. Uh, but to see what uh, you guys think as a community, I seem like it is a little bit torn. Some people seem to like them, some don't. But I do love that they went back a little bit to the history uh, of the team and the way that the uniforms used to be. I think it's really, really cool and clean-cut looking uniform. I, I thought, oh. I can't wait to watch him playing it, and we're all hoping, obviously, there's going to be NFL football this year. It does seem to be leading that way. We do seem to be getting a lot more optimism that the NFL will be able to operate with everything going on uh, compared to some of the other sports. So that will change our draft experience, though. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with the Browns. You know, there's a lot of talk with the NFL draft and it being a virtual draft, everybody being kind of separated. They, they are monitoring to make sure that nobody is like with, with each other in each other's homes and everything. Everybody has to be separated out. And, and I'm interested to see what that means for the Browns. We obviously know that the Browns have had a interesting draft history and this is something that a lot of people have talked about the teams definitely need to be on the same page when the draft is going on and I do think that the Browns will be it does really seem like Barry Stefanski Dee Podesta all seem to be on the same page they're all running the same direction not multiple directions where we kind of feel like the franchise had been the past couple years so I do think it'll be good for them uh, I do think that we'll be able to work it out and I'm really interested to see what happens with them they've got a lot of uh a lot of really good picks in this. There's obviously a lot of talks about trades and everything. I forgot to mention in the beginning, but we will get to the Odell trade here in a minute. But I do think uh, they're going to have a – I'm hoping they have a really good draft. I'm looking forward to covering it. If you guys want to see uh, my opinions on it live, I will be doing a live reaction show for my other podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable, with a couple people there. Uh, we're going to have some guests coming in throughout. So I will have my Browns reaction stuff posted there. And then probably Monday after the draft, maybe Sunday night, depending on, on if I can get to it. But definitely by Monday I'll have a Browns reaction show up for you guys to listen to, to kind of give you guys what I think and how well I think the Browns handled the draft. Uh, but it's, it's man, it's going to be fun. I really don't think there's a way to mess up that number 10 pick. There's so many good players that are going to be there. I'm, I'm excited to see which way they go, and then I'm excited to see who they grab later in the round. So that, that covers it for the draft until we get to the mock draft here in a minute. Let's talk about that Odell Beckham trade. I... I don't think it's going to happen. We obviously saw all kinds of stuff flying around Twitter about it. Uh, I don't remember who it was that started. I believe he's a radio host in Minnesota or something said that he's hearing from quote-unquote sources. I don't know if that's true or not. could have just been something they were throwing out there. It does seem like both sides have come out and pretty much said that it was false. There was no like, yeah, we might be talking about this. No, it was. it's all come out as false now. That was the same thing that was said about the Browns and Giants trade last year. So I guess we can't completely dismiss it. I just don't see the Browns giving up Odell Beckham Jr. for a second and a fifth. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I know he had a down year last year. Obviously did not do what the Browns fans were hoping for him to do and everything. But all in all, he still had over 1,000 receiving yards. That, that's not something to scoff at. And he's still considered one of the best wide receivers in the game. We know that Minnesota has multiple first-round picks. In my opinion, there's no way you can give up Odell Beckham Jr. without getting at least a first-round pick back. So I, I don't think they end up doing it. 
Could it help the team? Maybe. I've seen some of the arguments on the uh, on the opposite side of this, that this could really help the team getting some more picks back. And I would not be surprised if by next season, one of the wide receivers in Odell or Jarvis are gone. And I do see why it would be harder to move Jarvis because he's really kind of been one of the key pieces in this kind of hopeful rebuild process that came over a couple years ago signed and he, he's really kind of seems like become a fabric of Cleveland he's really embraced the Browns team really embraced the Browns fans and I do think like as a Cleveland Brown myself I, I really love Jarvis now I love Odell as well Odell has only been here one year both of them are going to be making over 10 million dollars this year I believe Odell at 14 Jarvis at I want to say it was 13 I'll have to look that up really quick but they're both making over 10 million and they're both going to be making over 10 million for the coming years now Jarvis does have a little bit of an easier contract to get out of next year which is why I would not be surprised that they maybe move on from him the one thing that I would say is it could affect both of them if they're moved because we do know they're best friends and that was kind of the talks on why they brought him over here to begin with and now you might kind of strain your relationship with one of those players if you end up moving the other. So I don't know if that'll happen. But it does seem realistic in just the fact that not a lot of NFL teams are out there paying two wide receivers over $10 million a year on their books. And then you have a you have a ton of guys coming up. And it is $13 million next year So uh, for Jarvis. You got, you know, Garrett, Baker, Ward, Chubb, and um, Ogan Joby. You've got all kinds of players coming up here soon that need contracts. And having two wide receivers on your books for 10 million, over 10, so 13 and 14 million to be exact, is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to figure that out. So, maybe been part of the reason why they ended up not wanting to sign Schobert. Uh, you know, there has been obviously the argument that some people think he's more, uh, more not honestly mediocre, but he's not a great, he's just a really good linebacker. I, mean, I do think that he's a great linebacker, but, uh, you know, it is what it is on that. So it may have been a reason why they kind of let him go, some of the others go that they have the past couple years. But I'll be interested to see. So I don't think it happens. I mean, I guess we, we can't hold our breaths because there's still a shot that something may happen draft night. Uh, but we did see uh, Andrew Barry come out the other day and said that there's absolutely no truth to the rumors that they're trying to, to trade Beckham. So I'm just going to buy into that right now. You know, in the last episode, I said we need to trust in what's going on, trust in Stefanski, trust in Deep Podesta, trust in Barry. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust in them. They came out and said that there's no truth whatsoever to the Odell trade. So I'm going to believe them right now, and, and let's hope that that's true because I do think that the Browns have a real shot of not even not even just being a uh, – my goodness, guys, my mind just went completely blank. A division, uh, a division champion and trying to win the division, but also being a playoff team with this team. Like, I do think Baker's really going to turn it around. And then you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they're going to draft a running back as well, maybe more to help out on special teams, but to make sure that they have a little bit of depth in case they get hurt. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Austin Hooper, David Njoku, likely going to draft another wide receiver if they don't bring back Rashard Higgins. I mean, yeah, they need the defensive help, but this offense is going to be really good. I know Baltimore was good last year. I know Pittsburgh is bringing back Big Ben, but you know what? Cleveland's going to be a good team next year. I really feel like with them all pushing in the same direction, as I mentioned earlier, is going to help this team. I do think they're going to get Baker back on track, which is the biggest thing. They need to get six on board, and they need to get six fixed to the what he did 
his rookie season, I do really think that's their goal, and that's what they're going to try to do. And if they do that, the Browns will be a playoff contender, and I think that makes them a championship contender, actually, if they have Odell on that roster because there's just too much talent on that offense. And if Baker can get back in that groove and start trusting in everybody the way he did in his rookie season, the Browns are going to be a really, really good football team. And for them to be able to improve the team, they're going to have to make some really good draft picks. So let's let's talk about it. I said, I said I've got the, the draft fired up here. We're doing it on the draft network. Now, I don't have the premium, so I'm not uh, not doing any trades here. Just going to be honest with you guys. Uh, but that's all right. We do know some trades will happen, I'm sure. And, and we'll see what happens. But these are the guys that if... The Browns are still sitting at these picks and everything. I would, uh, I, w- I would do. I'd make a run for them. I would really try and get these players if possible. So I think there are a lot. There's a lot of talent in this draft at certain positions, and and we definitely need them. So let's just recap really quick. Started it as I was uh, getting ready to talk about the jerseys and everything. In the first nine picks, went uh, some interesting changes here. So Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Akuda Simmons kind of seem to be the thought process on those first four picks so there's obviously a lot of talk that New York might move out the Dolphins go Tristan Wirfs which I thought was a little bit interesting uh the Chargers go Tua Derek Brown at seven Makai Becton at eight and CJ Henderson at nine so again I talked about a little bit on the Browns Mach one that came out uh, about two weeks ago now I believe that I really want if possible Tristan Wirfs to drop here uh, if he does, I think he's going to be the guy they take. I think he is just absolutely amazing. Now, there's been a lot of talk. It's either Wirfs, Becton, or Andrew Thomas. Now, Wirfs and Becton have both gone. For me, Thomas is my number two behind Wirfs. Now, some people have Becton number two. Some people have Becton number one. I've not seen a lot of top people have Thomas at one he seems to definitely be two or three for most people Uh, again I talked about him a little bit last week Uh, he's just got really good run blocking he worked really well when they were running spread concepts his pass blocking in the way that he um, leverages his hips and his frame blocking is just he's really good at that he's very good at the pulls and climbing up to the second level which is going to be key as well in, in Stefanski's outside zone run he's really he's got a one of the best IQs from everything I've read with people talking about really good feet uh, hands does a wonderful job with extension and winning and first contact really good balance versatility uh, you know he's he's really good he's he's one of the better tackles in this class so that is who we're, we're taking at 10 for me I I really want him here I, I do think obviously that a guy is Jedrick, Jedrick Wills is the gonna be the one question because there are some people who really like Jedrick Wills he played a right tackle at Alabama, which was technically to his blind side. And obviously, if anybody watched Alabama, Alabama, yeah, easy for me to say, right? The word vomit there. Alabama games. Uh, Tua did not get sacked very often by his blind side, which was, again, the right side because he's a left-handed quarterback. Uh, but I don't know if that means he can move over to left tackle. We know Andrew Thomas has played time at left tackle, can be a left tackle. That is our biggest need in my opinion there is no other position outside of left tackle we need to make sure we come away with a stud at in this draft because we don't know if we're going to get Trent Williams and even if we do as I've mentioned before he's at best a two-year solution to our big problem you get a guy like Andrew Thomas and in I don't I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Thomas but if you get a guy like Andrew Thomas you likely have a guy who could be your left tackle 
cornerstone for the next eight to ten years. And that's exactly what you want out of a draft pick. So that's where I'm going again. Jet. Tristan Wirfs is the only player I would take over Andrew Thomas at that left tackle spot. So I'm taking Thomas there at 10, and we're going to let the draft run. So I'm going to go up and pull up the draft log here. Let's go talk about some of the guys. So Jedrick Wills goes next to the Jets. Henry Ruggs to the Raiders. CeeDee Lamb to the 49ers. DeAndre Swift to the Buccaneers. Jerry Judy to the Broncos. Wow, the way some of these players are falling here is a little bit ridiculous. So... Let's keep on rolling here. Uh, Clavon Chase on to Atlanta. Jeff Gladney to Dallas. Justin Herbert goes to Miami with their second pick, which would be very interesting if they're actually able to make that work. I, I don't know if they would be able to. Oof, man, sorry, guys. I just accidentally hit my microphone and realized I kind of turned myself down some there. So Justin Herbert at 18 to uh, the Dolphins, Javon Kinlaw to the Raiders, Neville Gallimore to Jacksonville, Christian Fulton to the Eagles, Justin Jefferson to the Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Love to the Patriots, Patrick Queen, the linebacker to the Saints, Yator Grosmatos, the edge rusher to Minnesota, Xavier McKinney to the Dolphins, Josh Jones to the Ra- Seattle, Kenneth Murray to the Ravens, Isaiah Wilson to Tennessee, Cole Komet to the Packers, Jalen Johnson to the 49ers, and J.K. Dobbins. To the Chiefs, which I love as a huge Dobbins fan. Any of you Buckeyes fans play fantasy football, that'd be a great spot for Dobbins land. So that's all I'm really going to read when it comes to uh, the rounds. I just kind of wanted to run out that first round really quick. Any interesting picks I'll bring up along the way, but I don't want to read out uh, every round, obviously. So as the second round started here, a couple really interesting picks went, so I will talk about those. Denzel Mims to Cincinnati, that to me is a very interesting spot. Jalen Hurts goes to the Colts in the second round, which we've heard a lot of rumors about the the Colts probably taking, not the Colts, but uh, Jalen Hurts going early in the second round. See, this one that is kind of a bummer for me. A.J. Appenza, the edge rusher, goes here to Detroit. He's a guy I was hoping would fall possibly and be in the discussion for us here at 41. And then Jonathan Taylor is another interesting guy for me, goes to the Chargers. So we're sitting here in Biggest need still, linebacker, safety, interior offensive line, interior defensive line. So some of the best players left on the board, Grant Delpit, Antoine Winfield Jr., Austin Jackson. It's hard for me here. Now, this is almost working out exactly like 1.0 where I had a really good player in Grant Delpit fall to me at the safety position. It really is our second biggest part of need. We, we signed, obviously, a ton of veterans, as I've talked about in the free agency episode, and, and brought, in a guy, brought in a lot of guys on those one-year prove-it kind of contracts, which could, again, work out well for the Browns, but it also may not. And so, again... A lot like the Andrew Thomas pick, if you can get a guy who has a ton of upside and someone who could be a cornerstone in your secondary with Denzel Ward on the back end at safety, can play a little bit of high safety. For me, it is going to be Grant Delpit. I know he's had the ankle issues, but if you look back a couple years ago, he's one of the best defensive backs in the country. And to be able to get a guy like this who is considered by Everyone I've seen a first-round talent. If you can get him in the second round at pick 41, that's a steal. So that is who I am taking. So Grant Delpit is now joining the Cleveland Browns in the secondary. Again, let's talk about him a, a little bit. He's very... 
very good at driving onto the ball in close situations. He has a quick trigger and attacks downhill, especially in the run game. I, I love the way he attacks the run. He is very versatile, can play in man coverage and zone coverage, which is going to be big because we do know that Joe Woods is going to kind of mix up his coverages. He does play a single high safety, does play three uh, uh, three-man cover stuff, so he, it's going to be a little versatile. Grant Delpit can do it all. He is very good at mirroring the wide receivers and can play in the slot position. He is, um, let's see here, where else? I'm trying to find the rest of my notes. Hitting power and, and contact balance are excellent. He's very good at, like I said earlier, navigating through traffic, using his hands to bat down balls. Uh, did not have a ton of interceptions, but still really good at batting down balls and is not afraid to come up into the run game and, and hit a running back, which I love. Again, his biggest knock is going to be injury history, and he does struggle at times in tackling, which obviously we saw with Grady Williams last year. is not something we're thrilled about, but likely your safety here is not going to be ha- not going to have to be doing a lot of hitting, and they did bring in um, uh, the hard-hitting uh, safety Carl Joseph, who, who was with the Raiders last year. So we do have a hard-hitting guy. You want to have that one hard-hitting safety. They brought in Carl's jo- Carl Joseph. I'm, I'm good with them bringing in a guy like Grant Delpit, who's just going to be a phenomenal cover guy uh, and be a guy who's really going to be, uh, in my opinion, deadly and, and, and awesome in that secondary. So that's where I went. After we took Delpit, we got a little bit of a drop here in picks. So then... Jalen Rager to the Colts, that's an interesting one. Just waiting to see Raekwon Davis, who's a guy, chances are he's not going to drop to him, but he's a guy that I would have been interested in if he dropped. Buckeye Damon Arnett goes to the Minnesota Vikings at 58. That's another good one. Michael Pittman Jr. goes to the Packers at 62. That was a pick I was hoping might fall. We do need ourselves another wide receiver again, as especially if Rashard Higgins doesn't come back. He's a guy I would have targeted. Uh, two more guys I see are have gone that I was really interested in. Uh, Trevon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama, goes to Kansas City. And then Adam Troutman, the tight end, goes to the Bengals. So let's keep on scrolling here. We get back up to us at pick 7. So, again, still linebacker, interior defensive line, uh, cornerback edge. Those are kind of falling off. They're a little bit there that we need them, but they're not huge. So looking at the board here, there's two players here that I really want as as – actually, sorry, there's three players that I really want here as a Browns fan. We do have another pick coming up, so it's kind of one of those things where – who do we want to take a chance on? There's three players here that I'm looking at and our needs here. Robert Hunt, the interior offensive lineman out of Louisiana, uh, really has kind of made a name for himself with his play. He was actually a just a two-star prospect coming out of, of high school, which you know you don't see a lot of guys that are two or even one-star prospects kind of making names for themselves. Robert Hunt has a big, powerful dude. He, he's a very nasty run blocker, loves to find leverage points on his opponents, accelerates with his feet, and, and dumps guys into the ground. Uh, he's very good at getting you into the second level and stopping defenders. He's very experienced at both guard and tackle. Really good mobility, so he can kind of move around. Uh, his probably worst trait is his hands, which is obviously a little bit of a big deal for an offensive lineman. But again, we're getting him in the third round. We don't necessarily need him on the offensive line right now, so he's a guy that we can work with. We have an amazing offensive coach in Callahan, considered one of the best in the game. So I have no doubt if they take a guy like Curtis Weaver. I'm sorry, Robert. Robert Hunt here, 
he could be a guy that he improves and makes him a very good offensive lineman and then really just improves our offensive line even more. We also have Malik Harrison here at linebacker. He's a guy that I really like. Obviously, for those of you who watch Buckeyes games, you know what Harrison did for the Buckeyes. He's a thumper. He's really good quality in the contact balance of his tackles. Very physical, can actually play through contact. Uh, his probably biggest thing is his coverage. He's not a very good coverage linebacker, which we're going to need a little bit, especially with Joe being gone. Uh, so uh, he's a guy that I'm probably not going to take here that I hope drops. And the other guy is Bryce Hall, the cornerback out of Virginia. Again, another two-star prospect out of college, uh, I'm sorry, high school. I think Bryce Hall has a chance to be one of the best cornerbacks in this draft. The problem is cornerback is not a huge need for us, and he's not necessarily one of the best players on the board, so I'm probably going to have to pass on him. Uh, maybe if a couple of these other guys go and he falls to our next pick, I might take him. The last guy really is Curtis Weaver out of Boise State, a three-star out of high school. He's a really good quickness, uh, side length props, enabling him to establish a half-man relationship. Really, I mean, really good at kind of working through with offensive linemen as they pass him off. A really good pass rusher here, edge rusher, might be an interesting guy to pair on side of on the other side of Miles Garrett. So, man, I gotta make a move here. I gotta make a decision. I'm gonna go Harrison, man. We we've lost so many linebackers here, and I'm. I want to go hunt because I want to really make sure our offensive line is short up, but I believe in Callahan and taking Thomas and what we have on that offensive line already. I do think he's going to be able to make those guys a really good team and really good at, at protecting Baker. So I am. I'm, I'm going to take the linebacker. We've lost so many linebackers. I know we've brought in a couple guys, but Malik Harrison, while he's not quite the coverage linebacker that Joe Schobert was, he's definitely going to be a run-stopping guy. He's really good. There's really no other linebackers up here besides Akeem Davis is Gaither, uh, who himself is probably a little bit better in in pass coverage, but not much. Both of these guys are really kind of considered more uh, run-stopping linebackers, but I want them. I, I need a really good linebacker, so I'm taking them. I'm going to take Malik Harrison, and let's see what happens. Can any of these guys fall to us here at our next pick? Is uh, It's kind of going through. Really hoping someone does, but it looks like already both of them have gone off the board here. So, you know what? That's all right, though. I'm fine with it. Like I said, Malik Harrison, it brings in a linebacker that we really need. We need a, a good linebacking core here. Um, I'm not upset about it at all, really. So we started off the draft at 10 with Andrew Thomas, 41, Grant and Del Pitt, 74, Malik Harrison. I do think this draft goes heavily defense, if I'm being honest. I, I, obviously, there's going to be some players – we do need another wide receiver and everything, so I would not be surprised if they take one. Uh, but I do think it's going to be heavy, heavy defense in this draft, and I do expect them to make some trades. Again, I, I can't uh, with this mock tool. Otherwise, I probably would try. Uh, so we'll just we'll keep on moving through that. So right off the top of the board, there's two players here that I like. Ben Barch, who we took in the last mock draft out of St. John. He's a senior, versatile guy. He can play inside and or inside the offensive line and at the tackle spot as well, guard and tackle. But I'm probably not going to go him. I'm, I'm really actually looking at a guy who I've not seen fall this far for much. Jonathan Grinyard out of Florida, an edge rusher. Uh, really fluid in his stance. He demonstrates good footwork through the rush. Hands are really busy. Keeps off offensive linemen off uh, 
off kilter, a true technician, a really good run defender as well. Uh, his flexibility is kind of what leaves him a little bit down here in the draft. You can't really move him around a lot on the defensive line. Outside of him, got another linebacker in Troy Dye, Amik Robinson and Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson, another linebacker, and then Amik Robinson at cornerback. Those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. Wide receivers in this range, Van Jefferson and Brian Edwards. And I don't really love either one of those guys. And I do think we can still get wide receivers later here. So I'm I'm gonna take Grinyard. I really do think we we need that other edge rusher there. It helps out. So we're we're again kind of punting on interior offensive line, which is a big need for us. But you know I'm not gonna reach for anybody here, and I hope the Browns don't either. We need to kind of stick with guys who are available around that time and, and kind of just take the best players available. And so far, I feel like we've done that. So really, our biggest needs now here is we're in round four at pick one fifteen. Is interior, offensive, and defensive line. Some of the best players on the board here. Tied in Hunter Bryant, running back Zach Moss, safety Alohai Gilman, tight end Devin Asai. So that's not great for us, obviously. There is an interior offensive lineman over here, though, in Shane Lemieux out of Oregon. Three-star prospect in high school. did watch a lot of this guy, actually, because I, I will be honest with you guys. I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. I think he's going to be really good in this draft. I uh, don't have many notes on him, so I'm looking right now. So they're saying that his best passing or his best trait is run blocking. Worst trait is pass pro. So that's actually kind of a good thing for us because we do know that they want to lean heavily on Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and that outside run zone scheme. So that's who I'm going. It gives us another guy, a guy who's got some upside here, is from everything I'm reading, really good run blocker. Going to be a guy that we can move in around on the interior line. Says that he has played some tackle, but has mostly been a guard type player. But again, with Callahan in here as our offensive coach, could really kind of coach this guy up. So that's who we're taking. We've got our interior offensive lineman now, and we are kind of. Really, I think building a good team here right now through this draft. Still need some more defensive help and cornerback and cornerback and wide receiver, I think, are kind of my biggest focus points right now. I mean, interior defensive line, I do think is not as weak as, as it may seem. It's really gonna kind of depend on what Ogan Joby can do this year with Richardson. We knew Richardson kind of really stepped up last year when uh when Miles Garrett went out and really had a good season. Obviously having Garrett back back is really going to help them as well. I'm I'm not as worried about that interior defensive line as I am at wide receiver and cornerback right now for the team. So that's kind of where I'm likely going to target once it gets up here. It's kind of running through here as we're sitting in uh, sitting in here in round five, waiting for the Browns to come up on the clock. And we are here, so I forgot that the Browns don't have a pick in the fifth round. So we, we go into the sixth round. We're sitting here at pick 187. And again, you know, for me, it's really cornerback, wide receiver. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk that they might take a running back. With with the way the running back class is, I might not take a guy till the end of the draft. Now, we are in round six, so we're getting close. There's still a couple wide receivers on the board, and that's probably what I'm going to try and target here now. We, we need a guy... 
that can kind of come in and help them out. And there's a guy on this board that I, I like. who has been talked up a lot by a, a guy that uh, we all love if you're a Buckeyes fan, and that is Jeff Akuda and Quintess Cephas out of, out of Wisconsin. He said that was the hardest wide receiver he had ever had to cover in his career. And if you watch the game against Wisconsin, you, you'd believe that. He, he did kind of have his way with Akuda at times. So that's what I'm taking. I'm going to take Cephas here. Kind of help out now. Got a really good third option if we, especially if we don't bring back Higgins, and if if we do, we've got a really good third and fourth option in Higgins and Cephas now to back up Odell and Jarvis again, assuming Odell does not get traded. So let's just run through us here again. So we took Shane Lemieux, the interior offensive lineman at 115, and Quintez Cephas there at 187 in the sixth round, the wide receiver. Just a few more picks left for our Brownies. I'm sorry, just one more pick left for the Brownies here. And this one is probably going to be a running back. So I am a little upset that I wasn't able to attack the cornerback position uh, like I, in all honesty, kind of wanted to. Uh, and in the interior defensive line, I'm, I'm not too upset about it because I still like a lot of the players that, that we got here. But I would have loved to at least get one cornerback. Maybe go Bryce Hall earlier instead of going uh, Malik Harrison. But again, that linebacker spot, man, we just ugh, it's so rough. It's so hard. That's why I, I can understand why GMs have such a hard time with all this stuff. So interior defensive line is definitely the biggest thing that we need to attack. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of guys on the board here that are going to be that good. In fact, there's a ton of cornerbacks and running backs that are kind of considered the best players on the board as I'm looking around the best Wow. The best interior defensive lineman is Robert Landers out of Ohio State here. So, hmm, hmm. Ah, he's definitely going to be in the mix here. We're not going to make a pick just yet, but I will think of about Landers here at the interior defensive line spot, uh, as that would help. The best cornerback is Miles Bryant out of Washington. He's he's good. Uh, obviously, again, if you're sitting here in the seventh round, he's not going to be a, a, a stud, but I do think he's he's a serviceable cornerback and definitely could be a three or four guy for this offense. Let's see here. Who else do we have? Uh, you know what? The more I think about it, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Robert Landers. I want that interior defensive line. We can probably get a running back out of the uh, undrafted free agency pool. Still a couple of guys left here. Let me see here. Let me pull them back up. I'm definitely probably going to go Robert Landers, but let's look at some of these running backs that are available. I know J.J. Taylor. Uh, so, I mean, really, it's just J.J. Taylor that, that's left. He's got that speed. I really liked him out of Arizona. Jermichael Hasty actually may not be a, a bad pick either, but neither one of those guys I think are going to go here. Uh, so, guys, that we might be able to reach out and get undrafted free agents. So, I am. I'm going to take with the pick 244. I am taking Robert Landers out of Ohio State just to kind of bring in one more defensive line, uh, interior defensive line player to kind of finish out the draft for us. So I think that's it as it goes off and, and finishes up awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it with the Browns here. So let's just kind of recap this. With the 10 pick overall, the Browns take – Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle out of Alabama, going to be our, I'm sorry, out of Georgia, going to be the left tackle of the Browns' future, in my opinion. At 74, we get Malik Harrison out of, I'm sorry, 41. I guess I can't skip Grand Pitt. Safety out of LSU. I think going to be a really good cover safety for the Browns. 74, Malik Harrison out of Ohio State. 
the Ohio State. God, I can't believe I messed that up. I apologize. A really good run-stuffing linebacker. 97, Jonathan Grenyard, who I think is going to be as well a really good run-stuffing uh, defensive interior defensive lineman. Man, I messed that up. Edge rusher, sorry, out of Florida, who I think could be really good, really good at stopping the run. Then we're taking at 115 Shane Lemieux, the offensive guard, interior offensive lineman out of Oregon. Really good uh, player. I think has a lot of upside, especially in Ka- with Callahan as his coach. At 187, the wide receiver Quintez Cephas out of Wash- Washington, Wisconsin, who I think could be a really good third or fourth wide receiver, depending on what the Browns decide to do with Higgins. And then at 244, Robert Landers, interior defensive lineman from the Ohio State Buckeyes. So that right there is my picks for them. Again, I imagine that the Browns will do a couple trades, maybe add some picks, lose some picks. It'll be interesting overall to see what they do. I cannot wait for this. We will be, at this point, have gone through rounds one through four, I believe, at this point, Saturday morning, so you'll have five, six, and seven on today. Again, depending on how everything goes for me, I will try and have a, a reaction pod up on either Sunday or Monday for what the Browns did in the draft. If you guys want to see my live reactions, follow me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. I will have a live show up with my other podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Uh, We will be talking about all the picks. We will definitely focus more on the fantasy offensive players, but when the Browns make their picks, I will be reacting regardless. Uh, So you guys will be able to see. I hope to see you guys jump by uh, the live show if you guys can Thursday. We will be doing it Friday as well for for at least most of rounds two and possibly three. We'll see, depending on how long it goes. So hope to see you guys around there. If not, make sure to give the show a rate and review on iTunes if you can. It would really help me and the network out as it kind of boosts us up as we're adding a ton of great shows. Unfortunately, the Pigsburg Squealers just got added onto the network. I mean, obviously, they have to be covered, I guess. But, I mean, really, who really wants to talk about the Pigsburg Squealers? Seriously. Let's really think about that. Nobody. They did get added. We've got a ton of other great shows on the network. So if you're a fan of any other team, look at look up the network. They've got a ton of great podcasts. If you don't see a team on there that you also like and would think about wanting to cover, reach out to Bark at Back or at Bark Back Row on Twitter. He is the one who owns and runs this network. Uh, he's put together a really good team so far. A lot of these podcasts are just awesome. So definitely check them out. If you're interested in doing it, reach out to him. Until next week, guys, enjoy your week. Stay safe out there and get ready for hopefully a killer Cleveland Browns draft in just a week. Mm-hmm.